Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, Bobby. Here we are. It is another week on the Tech Sales Show. We are recording Listener's Choice number 29. This, like many recent episodes, comes from a coaching conversation with one of the guys that I'm working with, and he was struggling to keep up with stories and case studies, and we've, we've talked about this on a few episodes, but we're going to put all this together into a, a pretty package today and uh, hopefully help all of you articulate stories in a better way, culminate them in a spreadsheet, a tool that we're going to share with you, um, and those case studies that your company builds and that maybe you and your teams build, maybe partners build, to kind of put them all in one place, be able to filter or slice them quickly, and be able to share them with your customers so that you can bring value and hopefully provide insights like good challenger sales reps. Brian, we've talked about this many times before, but kind of what's your 50,000 foot view on your team's use of case studies and or stories where we've helped a customer save millions of dollars. I mean, how do you expect your team to share ideas and stories like that? It remains my number one sales tool, both um, when I was uh, an account executive, it was my number one uh, sales tool as a sales leader. It's my number one sales tool. Uh, Prospective customers, existing customers, they want to know how other companies are doing it and the success they've achieved because of doing it. Uh, so it's an incredible sales tool. And the better you know these stories and the more natural they are to you, uh, the better salesperson you'll be. No doubt. And we're going to give some tips and tricks throughout this episode on really how to use them to your advantage, how to use some that maybe will help you find new opportunities that you weren't thinking about. And quite frankly, that the customer's not even thinking about. They don't even know they're experiencing a pain that one of their competitors might have been feeling. And it's a great way to use that to create opportunities. Now, what I found and I've seen uh, only working really for four big companies throughout my tech sales career, everyone kind of has that home run story. Um, and this cus this student of mine also has that home run story, this one anomaly. You know, they he kind of works in mid-market, but they bought like 4,000 seats or something, bigger than the biggest enterprise account. Brian, I'm sure you can relate from our days at Microsoft or SparkHound. There's that, there's that one big... If you remember, there was a one big healthcare company in Louisiana that everybody sure. modeled every story after a SparkHound. And why can't everyone be like that customer? Why don't they all use us like that customer? And the fact of the matter is, it's because it, it took 20 years to build that relationship, to have all those stories, to have all those relationships get built, to have the level of trust that they built with that customer. And you can't just do that overnight. You can't, and it, it takes a second part of that too, and that's a willing participant on the other side. Even companies that you help, you have helped achieve certain outcomes, you have to have kind of the gregarious or outgoing personality on the customer side that can kind of tell the other half of the story too. So it it's unique and it's challenging. Like to your point, it could take years to establish that type of customer, that type of relationship, that type of consistent outcomes. But then on the other side, you have to have the customer that recognizes it too and, and appreciates it and wants to do some some publication and media with you as well. No doubt. And and it, there's really kind of a, a, a scope to both the, the view of that, in my opinion. There's either something really shady going on, because I've seen that too, where 
they got kickbacks or other deals to to make that thing work to where it was the home run customer or like you said it's been over years and the the active participant um We've talked about some of this and how you tell these stories. I'll reference people back to Listener Choice 6 where we talked about your your own power statement and your elevator pitch. And then Series 23 when we talked about creating opportunities, we talked about ways to use these stories, but we really didn't use that day to talk about how you can really create this list and use this list for yourself and your team long term. So let's talk a little bit about the three parts of today's episode is why we tell stories and share references how to find these stories and then use them collaboratively with your team and partners. And then where do you store and keep all these stories? That'll be the tool that we're going to share with you. And hopefully everybody goes out and downloads that tool and makes your life a little bit easier. So part one of this episode, let's talk about why tell stories and share references. We talked a little bit about it in the introduction, but hopefully your company has a great product or solution that solves big problems for customers. Some customers don't know they have the pain that your your solution actually solves. They don't know that there's some kind of a, a, a hindrance in the supply chain for them or there's a problem with their business that they need your tool. And normally they might not call you back because they don't think that you can even help them. You're going to have to find a way to, to quote unquote be fishing for them and show them that right lure. Um, I like to think when I meet a prospect, if it's if it's industry and role type, so if, if I'm meeting with an IT, We'll talk tech. I'm meeting an IT manager because he took my meeting or took my lunch request, and he's in oil and gas. Then I know they're they're probably not got much money right now. I know he's probably got aging and old material or equipment, and I know he's being tasked to do more with less. How could I help him? What would what would be a case study? I would bring that case study of that meeting or a story to resonate with him. But if I didn't have the perfect story for him, I might just ask him, what is he struggling with? Like, what's the biggest problem that he's got that he needs help with? Does he think I could help him? Does he think he needs help? Some people don't even think they need help. What about pitching, quote unquote, a story that solved the problem for another oil and gas company that would open his ears or eyes to a problem that he might have that he doesn't know he has? Yeah, and I like to think about the stories in, from two dimensions. One is kind of more horizontal. So that's where you find another energy company that you solve the problem for, and it's relevant to him because it's another energy customer, and it's something common that he's seen. And then I look at it um, vertically as well. Sorry, vertically would be the company he works for. Horizontally would be more of what pains do we solve that he may still face, even though that customer that I'm referencing is in a completely different industry. So I looked at I like to look at it from a couple of different angles, and we'll talk about that kind of as we go along. But that's that's another way to help it resonate if you don't have a specific industry one that would that would resonate with that customer. Often, though, all these all of our tech companies have some sort of case studies. If they don't, we'll have to ask for marketing. We'll talk about that in the next part. But depending on the role you're speaking with, you might also want to talk about the things that that help the customer. Um, I, I think of an IT company, an IT group struggling to keep up with all the demands of the business. You might not pitch that this will make IT's job easier unless you're talking to IT, right? The executive team probably doesn't care about IT's job being easier. Um, they just want to do more with less and save more money. IT is just a big cost center to them, right? Um, but if you're talking to an executive, you might want to talk about the ROI, the quickness of that ROI, and the long-term benefits that that ROI, return on investment, will continue to bring to them. Um, so you might also want to create some categories for these case studies on what was the outcome. Was it return on investment? Was it do more with less? Was it P 
people were less busy? Was it made more dollars in revenue based on these these things that we're providing them? Whatever those things might be for your business, your product, your solution, you're going to want to culminate those similar words so that our tool will help you slice on those items later as well. And you'll you'll find like as you start to learn about the customer and how they think about the world, you'll start to learn if what's important to them when you think about the ROI. Is it hard dollars ROI? Like is it just pure money savings that they want to do? They do that by spending less on IT or spending less on personnel or increasing revenue, or is it more soft cost things like make them, Bobby, you mentioned kind of making them less busy. And in many cases, the CFO won't really care about that kind of stuff. So you'll have to kind of fine tune your case study and the ROI to kind of align to who the customer is and what's important to them. It's one of the questions I ask all the time whenever we're gonna do a more in-depth review about the ROI uh, on a deal is I'll ask them, what's important to you? Is it hard dollars or do the soft costs matter as well? Perfect. So part two of today's episode, how do we find these stories and how do we use them? So we've talked about why we use them and why we tell stories. Obviously, it's pipeline generation. It's to keep a customer interested. How do we find these stories and use them? I think the biggest tactic that's overlooked is to just talk to your customers. The the gentleman that I'm coaching that, that helped me create this episode today quite literally will ask me a similar question, right? Of course, I've got this. He works for a big tech company. He's got hundreds of case studies, but they don't all map to mid-market, so the stories don't necessarily resonate. Well, I think you could part on all those stories to a, a insurance company needed to do this, and they solved this with our solution, so we could make that a smaller-looking insurance company. But at the same time, he's got over 800 customers that he's calling on every day out of those prospects and customers. Out of those, there's probably 100 good buying accounts. I would just call those 100 accounts, check in, see how things are going, and say, hey, I'm new to this company and this team. I'd love to help you in any way you can, but can you tell me why you use our products? Why did you buy our products? What is What are these solutions doing for you? And what are some of the competitive things you looked at that you didn't buy, and why didn't you choose them? Like, you can build that relationship. That might not be something you front front end load in a conversation with a prospect, but I've learned more about my products and my solutions by listening to my customers and asking them why they're using them than probably any other way. Of course, case studies are good to read, but they're not going to be perfect, and you're going to have to break down the parts and then create your own stories, maybe part A of case study one and part B of case study two, really tell the story that you're trying to tell to the right company. Brian, what about you? It's a great point. You do have to think about case studies in kind of two dimensions. The first one, like you said, is the firsthand evidence that you have from conversations. Those come across really natural because, of course, you're talking about it in first person. It was a conversation that you had just last week or two weeks ago or last year with customer X who said that, you know, because of your wares, whatever, you know, hardware or software that you're selling, it helped them achieve this or that. Or maybe it had this kind of impact on their career. Um, Those firsthand case studies are, of course, important and you should be indexing and inventorying those because those are those are really powerful. They come across very, very naturally. And so what if you are a total hunter role and you you don't have the opportunity to have this customer base that you're talking to? Just ask prospects, what do you think of our products? What kind of solutions are solving these problems? I mean, you probably if you're selling a product or solution, you've had some you've had your company has had some success selling that product or solution. 
So how are they solving for that? Let's use an example of Microsoft, the productivity suite. It's Office. If we're selling Office, you know, what do you guys use today to, to write your emails and to send emails or to do mathematical equations like in a spreadsheet? It, there's probably one of three or four products they're using today, um, and you could figure that out. Likewise, whatever your product or solution is, you would be able to understand that. Uh, and coming up real soon, we're going to have a series on meeting prep again. If you never heard our first one, it was a long, long time ago. But we're starting a new series called Meeting Prep 2.0. And it's going to be all about the execution of a meeting with your team and your partners. Um, we did it, again, two just over two years ago. And it was about the first customer meeting that you may ever interact with. It's probably not practical for every meeting. But we're going to reload that and do it again. And uh, got a lot of new things to share. These are the things you're going to want to do in that meeting with your prospect to understand, do I have a real opportunity here? Is the customer even going to entertain any of my products or solutions? We talked about it a little bit before. Did you have something to say there, Brian? Well, I was going to say, uh, yes, going back to, I think, kind of the second dimension of this, too. And I don't want to jump ahead because I know we're going to get into partners here in a minute. But I think the you, you, any tech company... And if they don't, then you should really reconsider where you're at probably should have a good uh, arsenal of these case studies together. And you've got to put it on yourself. And we'll talk about kind of a way that you can you can kind of store these and start to index them and remember them. But you're the second biggest asset you have are your company's web straight off your company's website, straight off of case studies that uh, you specifically call out. They're going to be by industry oftentimes off of whatever was solved. Like you got to start thinking about and setting some time every single week to committing these to memory because if you have to, if you have to, you, you don't always know what you're walking into, right? Like Bobby, how many times have you walked into a meeting and you thought we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z, and it ends up being A, B, and C? Mm-hmm. And the case study that you brought isn't relevant because it's A, B, and C that's irre- you know that's relevant, not X, Y, and Z. So it, you have to you have to start building this arsenal up and this memory work up of having these things committed to memory, because if you don't have them, a bunch of customers that you've done work with over the past couple of years to where you can just rattle off off the top of your head, you need to be able to have that playbook ready to go. And if they start talking about, my gosh, we're trying to grow you know, our top line revenue without growing our back office, you should be able to say, got it. There's five companies that come to mind. And if you can naturally rattle those off, those are incredibly powerful ways to tell your story and make your story far more relevant to them. No doubt. To Brian's point there, if I can look at a customer and can commit that if they at least entertain the conversation, I will show them a way where I will save them money, make them money, or reduce their risks, they would be crazy not to continue that conversation. It's a matter of figuring out what it is they're trying to accomplish that I can then share that case study with them. Too often, we pitch we pitch things before we understand what we're trying to solve for. And that's where the case studies make you a better sales rep. They make you a better team player for your customers, no question. And, and oftentimes what I'll do is in these meetings as an AE and even as an RSD, I'll say, uh, look, we've just shared a bunch of things with you. I, we're in sales. I don't even expect you to believe me. Here, you should talk to, to Judy over at company A, B, and C. You should talk to Paul at company you know, EFW. And just, I, I rattle these things off the top of my head like I know them. And sometimes I do know them, you know, from a first person perspective. 
It, but, but if I don't, I can 100% get them on the phone through our reference program. But it's so, it, it makes it so powerful. You're not the salesperson anymore. You're talking, you're going to have customers that as a next step are going to talk to them to talk about what they can help achieve as well. No doubt. And maybe that's what we've done. I know we've done something on referrals. It's been a while back, but um, maybe that's a great way to, to, to spike the revenue train is by having customer calls with other customers based on these customer case studies. Brian mentioned a little bit, but I am the partner guy. What about partners? I mean, you might want to tell your story from a perspective of your product or solution or your service, but I guarantee you a partner wants to talk about what they've been able to do, and they've got to have some enablement stuff based on your product, solution, or services. So if you're new to a team and you don't have all these solutions and stories figured out in your mind, go sit with partners. Ask them to tell you about the last 10 wins they had. Why did the customer get interested? Why did the customer want to do it? What did they solve for them? And a lot of times they'll know so much more about the customer's business because you're going to think about it from your one silo. And that partner probably ties two or three things together. They probably know the competition better than you do. And the, the stories that they can tell will really, really resonate, not just for your product set, but for really what the customer's trying to solve, which will give you information to put into your tool, your spreadsheet, to be able to tell better stories by far. We had a great example of this, Bobby, in Austin. We had a partner that was doing a lot of work with a customer in Austin. This customer, I'd never even heard of her name, wasn't even familiar with the business, and they had signed with Workday years and years ago, and we don't we didn't have them in our official reference program that I was aware of anyway, and they're a tech company. And I was talking to this partner, and I was telling them about another deal that we were working on that they were going to be included in. And they're like, oh, yeah, we should get so-and-so. They're just right down in downtown Austin, just right next to them. It's like, I, you know, I didn't even think to ask the partners what, you know, what kind of arsenal they had at the ready there, too. Now, of course, you know, they want to be careful and they want to, you know, protect them. They don't want them generically used for other partners mm-hmm. to use it. So I can respect the fact of that. But it's a great point. Like, each each partner would be crazy not to have a handful of references ready to go. So if you need that secondary reference on a deal or even a primary reference on a deal, that could be a great source for that. Yeah, and, I, and part of really what I'm saying too to the listeners is just use the partners to educate you and tell their stories so that your list of 10 on your website become mm-hmm. 20 or 30 because the partners are telling it to you in a different way. They might have even been the partners that did the ones on your website, but they're going to have a different view really and truly based on the competitor and based on other things that's going to really make you see it from a different light something that we don't do very well from a vendor perspective, in my opinion, that I think partners have a different grasp on when they're, they're looking at a broader view. So we talked a little bit about the why we tell the stories. We talked a little bit about how we find these stories and how we use them. Now let's talk about how, where people store them. There's no question that your website's probably the best, most up-to-date place, and I would bet that that's probably your company.com slash case studies. Uh, if it's not, Hopefully you can talk to someone in marketing, someone at your company to get those out there and that customers have a way to filter and find them as well. It just looks a lot more professional. But if you don't have that, then we have a tool for you. Go to www.techsaleshow.com slash tools. And we have new tools out there that will be available middle of this week that will provide at your fingertips a way to put your the role, the the company's industry what was important to them, what you solved for them, what products you used, and a way to add some notes. And Bobby, outside of 
when I got started at Workday, outside of learning the product inside and out, which is a given, we talk about it all the time, be an expert. And I, that was my aim and goal. And that's what I achieved. This, I had this spreadsheets uh, open all the time. And I was memorizing case study after case study after case study after case study. And I could tell the custom case study of how they grew the top line revenue by 20 to 30% and didn't add a single person to the back office. And I'd have customers after, or, or other teammates afterwards and say, I didn't know you were involved in the custom ink deal. It's like I wasn't involved in the custom ink deal. That was in my Google sheet that I had memorized. I had all these things ready to go. And that evidence, and it's got to be real, you know, it's got to, because you'll get called to the carpet if it's not real. They may want to talk to the mm-hmm. custom ink, right? Uh, so it's got to be real. It's got to, you got to know it inside and out and you got to know what results they've achieved. And those things can be really, really powerful to help just kind of uh, bolster your, your sales effort. Well, and I have it in our, in our little notes here that are guiding this conversation. This spreadsheet is just a spreadsheet. If you listening, don't do the work. You don't read these case studies. You don't learn these stories. You don't talk to customers, figure out why they did what they did with your product. If you don't talk to partners and understand why customers engage them to solve pain that they thought was painful enough to buy and implement a solution, then you're not going to know the stories like Brian knew the stories. We, we can only help you by b- building the framework and giving you that framework so that you can use it, but you've got to build the stories and put them in the spreadsheet yourself. It's only going to be as good as you make it. And you can very carefully weave it into conversations. You, if you're doing kind of a generic discovery with them, right? And uh, Bobby you talked about the, the gentleman that you're helping kind of coach um, through the process. And uh, if you're, if you're kind of running discovery as, as, as he and I were, there's a great opportunity to kind of weave in these stories just very gently. You're not selling, you're not pushing product. The cust- you know, the, you're doing this, a brief discovery with the customer. They say, oh, I, you know, I keep encountering this or we keep having a problem with this. And you say, oh, that sounds a lot like so-and-so. And again, like these just built such credibility. It's not you saying, oh yeah, I get that. I can help you with that. I can fix that. It's, oh yeah, we help so-and-so with that. That's interesting. Maybe we'll get you connected. If you're interested, we'll get you connected with them. Yep. The subtle plug and the subtle proof points start building confidence in the customer that you might be the right person to work with. No doubt. Use those for sure. And for the individual contributors out there, don't take this as you're out, but managers, if you're listening, this is a great opportunity for you to help your customers coordinate and collaborate on all these stories at once. Uh, If you manage a team of two to 10 people, Ask them to go read a case study, to put in their own words, to talk about what they learned, coordinate them filling out the one line on the spreadsheet, sending it to you. You can put them all together into a bigger spreadsheet, share them back, share this tool back out with your team and make sure that they're all talking through these stories and case studies on a regular basis. Maybe something new to implement in your Monday team call, but make sure that the big document you spend a lot of time building the first time doesn't become stale. And make sure that people continue to add to it. Every time someone wins a deal, make sure they put that story into it. Maybe it's not a a published or approved case study, so it becomes a company in oil and gas, but product A because they saw these results in their future. They've implemented it six months later, and they've they've seen this and this and this happen to their business because of our solution. They don't. You don't have to have a published case study for every story in the spreadsheet, but it sure is nice if you can call out something like Custom Inc. that you that you see on TV and that you believe. Wow, if they're a workday customer, maybe I should be a workday customer too. And again, don't make your manager do this work. Help your manager. Introduce your manager to this. 
But managers, if you're listening, this is a great opportunity for you to pull your team together, get them focused on something in these down times of COVID maybe to come out of the other side of this thing with a lot of selling proof points that will help your team be successful. Anything else on where to store or what to store, Brian? I would just say keep it in something that's dynamic. If you try to pass around an Excel spreadsheet, you'll lose track of versioning. So this is a great opportunity to use Google Sheets or Excel online to uh, have it in a very shareable format. We, before Workday, kind of more formally put this into a process that everyone can use internally. There were 20 or 30 of us using the spreadsheet that I'd created initially and just we kept adding stuff in to your point. And now there's a more formal process to do it all which makes it even easier to keep these things memorized. And and the, the only downside to a bigger, broader tool that the company's using is people won't go look at it and listen and participate, right? You If you don't go read a new story every week, then you're not going to have those stories to have. If you're not adding something to this spreadsheet, which our spreadsheet is Excel, but you can publish it on Excel online and get the same benefit from it to where you can share it with multiple people, um, then you're not going to get better at telling these stories if you don't put in the hard work to do it. Um, lots of people out there want to lose weight, but none of them are eating less or exercising. So I doubt they're going to lose weight. I'm one of those people. So, uh, I'm shooting the messenger here. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this one up. Um, go find the stories, document them, use our spreadsheet, add columns if you want to, but you've got to truly understand why the customer solved their problems, what pain they were overcoming, what they saw was the value of committing to the solution and spending all that money without those talking points without truly understanding them you're not going to do yourself any good and just repeating them doesn't make sense i mean sometimes you got to dig in and really ask questions and understand why um i think you should share things with your team ask your teammates maybe use your manager as the last part of this podcast was telling you to do but don't depend on just them make sure it doesn't become stale make sure it's shareable and accessible by a lot of people within your organization and partners outside of your organization. Anything else, Brian, as we wrap? No, set aside. Well, yes, be intentional. Set aside time to learn it. This is as important as any sort of training you do internally is keeping the stuff committed to memory. No doubt. Only average people don't do that. As always, average is the enemy. Average sucks. Don't be average. Thanks for listening to the Textile Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.